Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. All free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to this Friday, July 29th edition of the Eagle Hour, wherever you might be tuned in across the state of Mississippi or online. Glad that you're with us. Kelly Sander in the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg, along with producer-engineer Michael Mergens, Bob Getty, and Luke Johnson off today. Joining us on the program momentarily will be Southern Miss football linebackers coach Mark Kreiner to talk about uh, many things going on with the Southern Miss football team as they get ready to hit the gridiron in about a week or so, including the uh, tough injury and the news coming out of Southern Miss camp that Hayes Maples has uh, suffered another leg injury. We'll talk with him about that in the first couple of segments. Jeff Hager will be joining us from WXXV-TV. He is the sports director at the Fox affiliate on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. He's a Southern Miss grad and has been covering the Eagles uh, in his television career. We'll be talking with Jeff Hager. And then in our final segment, John Pace will be joining us. John is talk, going to talk about an important blood drive going on uh, soon at, on the Southern Miss campus and how, it, how you can help Southern Miss students and other folks on campus. That's John Pace still to come. The first segment of the Eagle Hour today brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue Pit in Hattiesburg right near Turtle Creek Mall. It is the place to keep in mind when you get ready for your Southern Miss football tailgates. They can uh, cater your event, whether it's large or small, a wide selection of side dishes and, of course, pulled pork, sausage, whatever. It is always the best and smoked daily. That's Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud to support not only the Southern Miss Golden Eagles, but the program on the Eagle Hour. Mark Kreiner joins us now, getting ready for his second year as linebackers coach at, at Southern Miss. And of course, the Eagles will hit the field on August 4th. That's almost exactly uh, a week from now as they get begin to prepare for the Liberty Flames that will come to the Rock. Southern Miss opening the season uh, at home this year before traveling to Miami in week two. Coach Kreiner, welcome to you. Glad to have you here. And Unfortunately, the news wasn't, uh, wasn't real good last week where Hayes Maples, who was coming off of an ACL injury, he had rehabbed it effectively, got back in the lineup last year, and apparently now has re-injured that same leg. Don't know what the prognosis is now, but suffice it to say, he's not going to be around anytime soon. Yeah, unfortunately, we lost Hayes, and he was really coming back. He was looking for – he had a strong year a year ago, but he did miss some ball games. And the one thing that he was doing, that knee was getting stronger and stronger. Obviously, all those type of uh, knee injuries are all um, 
you know, just freakish accidents. And a lot of them are non-contact. And uh, it's just unfortunate for him. But, um, you know, he, he's got a great attitude. He's coming back strong. And, and there's no doubt that he'll fight to come back to be able to play. Yeah, it's funny because people will say, well, man, that's twice injured, you know, the same knee. M- maybe he ought to hang it up. And I said, well, you don't know Hayes Maples very well. He's such a quality guy. <laughs> and uh, He's not going to quit. He, he's a leader. He's a leader by example in the way that he acts and on and off the field. And uh, But he, he, he's, a, he's a champ in my mind. So, you know, I'm just happy that he's got a good uh, spirit with him right now. He's really working hard to try to get back. And eventually when, when it does happen, I know good things will happen for him. Now, we know obviously what Maples brings to the table. But Maples aside now, what's done is done. How is your linebacking core? How do you feel about this group as you guys get ready to start late next week? You know, I, the one thing about it is competition builds excellent. And the one thing that we do have, we have full numbers going into this season. Um, the great thing about that is we, we are relatively pretty deep in our inside linebackers. We have a lot of guys that have come back or that have had a lot of playing time just as much as there has been on the outside linebacking core. Um, we do have great experience in that where I think that's going to really lead and help our football team. You're, you're really happy with this. And it's not a position that you coach. You coach the linebackers, but really pleased with the secondary and, and what talent there is in the secondary. And now Brandon Lacey, the defensive line coach, is going to have to shuffle a very thick deck of cards as he's got some SEC talent now in the fold ready to compete for starting jobs. Right. We were able to bring in three portal D linemen, big portal D linemen, and then three junior college kids, which really helped our depth at the line, at the D line position. Um, DB wise, we have a ton of talent back that. In theory, a lot of our defense had great experience. We were able to play a lot of young players last year. Um, so that's going to help us into this year. You know, whenever you you deal with a team that, um, well, we didn't have a great year, you know, last year. We didn't have what we wanted. And for whatever reason, but you never saw us quit. And the one thing about on defense, I do think that led – and helped us in general in this offseason. We finished strong a year ago. I think it'll help us in the offseason. Well, I know it has because, um, you know, it, it's a lot easier when you're coaching kids that are experienced as opposed to a year ago when you're teaching kids a brand new system and brand new scheme and, and uh, all that. Well, number one, you didn't have your full allotment of players. We didn't. Last year. Will Hall said your players were good. There just weren't enough of them. But you also, in fairness, because of the circumstances, you, you guys on the defense side of the ball found yourself playing linebackers as defensive ends in some cases. Correct. Yeah. And, and we had to, in the depth of our, our D line, um, and, you know, we, we had to play uh, um, Avery Hobbes at inside linebacker a year ago because we were, um, you know, we, we had, uh, who was it, Bozeman and Hayes couldn't play our first four games. So we had moved an outside linebacker to inside linebacker. Once we got those two back, that gained us um, a lot of experience, a lot of uh, uh, the ability that we felt very comfortable with the numbers that we had. And I think we have better numbers this year in the upcoming year. Linebackers coach Mark Kreiner is with us from the Southern Miss football staff. The Eagles will report on August 4th. You're seeing a lot of spread now in college football offensively, Coach Kreiner. So defensively, how do you guys generally attack the spread offenses that you're seeing? You know, 
we we play a lot. You, you, we're going to play a lot with the, uh, what you would the the person would would see is a nickel, and uh, based on what front you're on, if, if it's a three down front or a four down front, uh, if it's two high safeties or one high safeties, um, you have to be able to play two plays in one. And what I mean by that is you're going to get a lot of plays. It's going to be a hard run action. It could be a zone action or it could be a a gap scheme. But also you're getting a route down the field, and that quarterback is reading the coverage or he's being taught how to read the nickel or where, where that person is aligned on the field to be able to defend the number two receiver, number one receiver. And it's not just bubbles and hit screens. It's more down the field RPO stuff, which uh, spreads your defense out all over the field. So you expect you, you expect to, to see a lot of spread this year, and, and, and especially with Liberty game one, yeah? Oh, game one, and of course. And, and they do a great job with their tempo. They go fast. They slow it down. Uh, you know, they'll get a big play and then try to hurry it up. And those are all things that we've been practicing. Our offense does, uh, you know, a little bit variation of it, but we do do a lot of that. And that also helps us get prepared for who we're about to play. Now you're looking, you, you are of course looking for good linebackers. There are some kids who on social media have, have committed. And I know that you can't talk about any of those, but talk about the skill set of linebackers that that you're looking for when you recruit these kids you know if you look at the typical inside linebacker um we number one you're looking for speed guys that can play guys that have good hip movement uh great change of direction uh you have to have some strength but also you want to look at the body size uh making sure that they are going to get to that um that size that you would like obviously we would like to get um you know, the bigger and the fastest guy we can get. But, you know, a lot of times that doesn't happen. The one thing about it is Mississippi, Alabama, um, uh, the panhandle um, into the lower boot of Louisiana. Hey, there's a lot of players to choose from. And that's our home recruiting stage. And we we recruit the state of Mississippi as hard as anybody does um, in our state or out of state. So we also recruit Alabama. And um, we've had some very good – we've had some success in in this year's recruiting class uh, with some quality players that have committed – and um, I, I'm just happy. But linebackers wise, inside linebackers wise, is a different mindset as opposed to the outside linebackers. And we'd like to have, um, you know, the prototypical taller outside linebacker, you know, that's more length as opposed to the inside guys. But um, I think, you know, if you were going to say, what would I like as a linebacker? I'd like that kid that can play inside and outside, and you can project him wherever, get him on your team, and then project him where he's going to go. And we got about a minute before our first yeah. commercial break, and we're going to have you back in the second segment, but I've, I found something very interesting too, when you guys, you and the staff talk about uh, recruiting players. In some some previous administrations at Southern Miss coaches, they'd say, well, why didn't you offer this kid, or why didn't you offer that kid? And sometimes they'd say, we had no chance of getting that kid. I've never heard you guys say that, and you're going to offer that kid regardless. But there's a reason why with the transfer portal, especially right. now in play. You know, I, I, when you go out and, and, and after your December 15th signing, all right? And we're going to talk um, about that in the second, right. the second break, and December 15th. And the one thing about it is we're going to offer any good player that we feel is a Division One prospect. Well, obviously, there's four-star, five-star, three-star, all that stuff. And But what I want, if that guy's a five-star, hey, we're going to offer him because guess what? Down the road, we may get him back in the portal. 
He may like us. And it may not might not work out where he signed originally. Correct. So you, why you burn know. a bridge? Yeah, don't burn a bridge. Love the bridge. We're going to talk <laughs> about the December, 16th, uh, December 15th signing day now, the pluses and minuses. You remember it used to be that first Wednesday in February. A lot of college football is still talk to Coach Mark Kreiner about, and we will continue that discussion after we burn our first time out here on the Eagle Hour. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at Campus Bookmart in the big bright gold building right across from the main campus there on Hardy Street. Campus Bookmart, your swag one-stop shop for Southern Miss stuff. Now, don't forget, you know, but these early tailgates, you might want to wear the, the white or the gold shirts because black absorbs heat. Right. So you want to wear the black maybe as things cool down a little bit. But nonetheless, whatever your favorite thing is to wear, Miss Kathleen and the crew at Campus Bookmart will be able to help you out. And they're available 24-7 online at campusbookmart.net. Kelly Sander in the Southern Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, along with producer engineer Michael Mergens, continuing our discussion with linebackers coach Mark Kreiner of Southern Miss. The Eagles will report on August 4th and then get down to the business of preparing for the Liberty Flames in the opener of the upcoming college football season. We talked about the early signing day now, Coach Kreiner, on the 15th of December. Pros and cons of that being the first signing day. You know, it it cuts it, your overall um, – recruiting schedule changes in the standpoint of um, just let's just take why we're recruiting right now all right you're recruiting them and you're bringing them to camps in the month of June month of July is dead okay then you have a little bit of a uh, a quiet period in the last week of the of July then all of a sudden now you're into the season all right. And December 15th, which majority of the kids do sign when you're in a G5 school. OK. And uh, we we like that, you know, being able to hey solidify what we do have. It can also help you with maybe your numbers. It can help you with maybe who you're going to decide to take in the portal or, or who shows up in the portal. And your numbers wise can help you. But now once you once you sign a, a large portion of your high school kids, December 15th, now. When the rest of December and January, when you can go out and recruit your areas and stuff like that, now you can be looking for the 2024, 2025 kids. And so what that does, it gives you a little bit of a jump start, I should say, to know more about those kids. And then you have spring recruiting. And now you're going back after the same kids, too, which is fantastic because now practice starts, you know, for them. But the problem with the late signing day, which traditionally has been that first Wednesday in February, is that if you've got a kid, let's say he's from Phoenix City, Alabama, and he's, you know, he was raised around Auburn is it maybe maybe gets an offer from Auburn he just keeps hanging on you can, you guys can't wait forever for some we can't wait forever and and so uh, a lot of kids do commit uh, in this uh, June or June July uh, 
part because they want to go into their senior year knowing that they're that they're taken care of they got a scholarship and they're happy and they can they can focus more on their senior year and play more quality ball as opposed to being recruited by all these other schools now let's just say he does commit somewhere all right and he commits but then maybe a bigger school or his dream school says hey um we want to offer you now hey it, 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 it's we're all big boys now and uh, uh that's part of the business of recruiting um, and so, you know, in that standpoint, I do think um, it is some you are going to lose some players like that. But I think for the most part, as long as you're organized and you have other you have number one, number two, number three, number four, and maybe that one and two are the same body. But, you know, one some guy uh, committed earlier and some guy didn't, you know, waited. Uh, let's say a kid waits all the way, you know, halfway in their senior year. All of a sudden, I'm looking for a kid, and but hey, we might just choose to maybe take a portal kid. You know, I don't know. And there's there's so many scenarios that, right. that all that happens. But I think as long as you're honest with the recruit, as long as you're honest with the player and the coach and the parents, um, I, I think as long as that happens, you're okay. Now, the common thread when talking to other uh, Sunbelt teams and media outlets as we embark upon the first season right. of Southern Miss being a Sunbelt member is that they all have said they really, really think the Southern Miss defense is formidable, have not been sold on the Southern Miss offense. Of course, the Eagles used you know eight different people or entities <laughs> as a quarterback yeah. last year. But what I think is especially remarkable about them being sold on the Southern Miss defense is you guys as a unit played a lot of snaps last year and I know that's one of the things that coach Hall and the offensive crew wants to take more of that weight off of the defense's shoulders so there's no doubt and coach Hall's a uh, he's a friend he, he he really helps the defense and I think that's important to understand because he's our offensive coordinator and he calls plays but the one thing that he does do he wants to make sure he, you know that he can help us out but uh, I do think we're going to be much better on our offensive side of the ball uh, I, I, I should say I should bring this up majority of it when you have more scholarship players and will be at full max is I think that builds consistency and not only is there a lot of competition on the defensive side of the ball all right, and I said that earlier competition uh, builds excellence and it's going to help you because Kids focus more on their on the little fundamentals that they have got to do in their techniques and what the call is. I think our offense, you're going to see more of a consistent offense in that standpoint. And Coach Hall knows it, and and he was the first guy to say we didn't do very well last year. But but people underestimate that number of snaps. Oh, no question. That tell us the importance of the fewer snaps that you guys can play as a defense, the better you're probably going to be. Yes, and that, you know, we 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 talked about the injury earlier this summer, you know, just that just happened. Um the what that does is kids on defense generally play a lot of special teams and with a better number of scholarship count now uh coach Myers our special teams coordinator now he can now have more volume more players more numbers to be able to in to put those in there so now you're not playing your starter on four special teams you know in that standpoint and so the great thing about that is and our if our offense can keep the ball you know they're going to keep the ball longer they're going to make more drives 
drives, they're going to score more points. And the great thing about that is that keeps us off the field. So instead of playing 80 plays, 90 plays, you know, that can cut you down to 70 plays or 60 plays based on where the game is and how much they're running, how much they're throwing the football. Plus, now our kids aren't having to play all special teams. Now you have backups. You have very good football players playing special teams, which builds the quality of what your product is on the field. When you look at, say, the Big 12 Conference, of uh, which your dad would, used to coach Iowa State, which was then the, the Big uh-huh. 8. But when you nowadays in the Big 12, all of them, the run and gun type of offenses, they're all you know passing and running for 650 yards a game <laughs> and so on. They're all pretty consistent as to what they put on the field in the Big 12. Is there, is there a common denominator from what we know of the Sunbelt schools as to what type of teams they'll put on the field, what offenses and defenses they'll run? Or are we still too early to really uh, pick that apart? Maybe a little too early. I think you're going to see a combination of um, more consistent offense within um, the the Sun Belt. What I mean by that is there's really good spread teams. But also look at App State. You know, look what they do. They do a great job running the fall, running the ball. Look at, um, you know, I think we're going to see majority of it is going to be uh, spread offense, but we are going to see a 12 personnel, a 21 personnel. We're going to see a little bit more of that consistently throughout the year, but predominantly we're still going to get spread offense. Now you talked about having to use some of your linebackers in defensive end positions last year. Those guys, are they going to stay as DEs or are they going to move back now to linebackers, which is where they were more more recruited for? Yeah, and and I think as long as you have – you want big guys playing D-line, you know. And now you may sub that out on second long, third and long, third and medium. You want to be able to sub that to get – some more edge rush or some more athleticism on the field. But also, in turn, uh, you're going to get other players that uh, play better man or do certain situations. So we call that substitutional uh, game, you know, play. And based on the D&D, all that, you're going to play more nickels or you may, you know, you got dime coverage and nickel, you know, nickel personnel. Um, But whenever you think about putting another DBs on the field, you always generally in the NFL, in college, you're always going to generally see uh, the smaller linebackers coming in to play the front and to do more stunt games and blitz games and uh, be able to rush the passer a little bit more uh, with some more speed on the field because speed kills. One of the things that had you guys really relaxed this summer was the academic performance of your team off the field. And and they may have set records. If, if they didn't, it was very close as to overall grade point average. And if I'm not mistaken, this will be the first time in the history of the Southern Miss football program that all scholarship players are going to be academically eligible, and it wasn't even close, as I understand. They were all well above where they needed to be. They did a great job, and a lot of that is our academic uh, department. Um, we have the leaders that we that run our academic center, uh, Reed Stringer, who leads that up in the standpoint of how many hours they have to study, how many where where the each each grade point is. If you're below a grade point, you got to have more study hours as opposed to if you have a higher grade point. Um, getting all our tutors in 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 into play. And the one thing about USM, I've never seen a better place in the standpoint how easy our teachers. The teachers are great, and they they do. Uh, help our players. They, in, in the standpoint, they understand they have a hard job too. 
and uh, our academic center is fantastic, and it's only been growing since I've been here. Mark Kreiner, second-year linebacker coach at Southern Miss. The Eagles will report on August 4th, and then it's all hands on deck and preparing for the Liberty Flames, and then the opener it will be here before you know it. Coach Kreiner, continued success. As always, Thank good you. to see you. Thanks for being here. Thank you. We will take a commercial break. Jeff Hager from WXXV-TV, a Southern Miss grad, a guy who covers Southern Miss sports. He will join us on the other side of these commercial messages. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Special thanks to Southern Miss Golden Eagle linebacker coach Mark Kreiner for joining us in the first couple of segments. John Pace still to come in segment number four. He'll be talking about a, uh, a blood drive going on that will uh, help Southern Miss. And he'll tell us how that works. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Right over the Highway 49 bridge on 4th Street. Thus, the name, 4th Street Bar and Grill. One of the best plate lunches in Hattiesburg because I'm a big boy and I like big portions. And they're not, they're not going to cheat you. Isn't that a song? You know? No, no. no. <laughs> it should be. It should be. Oh, something else. And, of course, the, the $9.95 price for your plate lunch also includes your drink. And everybody there, big Southern Miss fans, all the big games on the TVs, pool tables, darts, uh, trivia contests, seemingly always giving away some nice swag. So great place to hang out pregame and postgame at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Joining us now on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline from the Mississippi Gulf Coast is Jeff Hager, who is the sports director at WXXV-TV on the coast. He is a Southern Miss graduate, a native of the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and he's been covering the Eagles since he graduated college. And Jeff, Jeff, we welcome welcome you. Glad to have you on the Eagle Hour with us today. Glad to be here, and I got to agree, those Four Street Burgers are pretty good. So you've you've hung out there a time or two, have you? No, never. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they appreciate uh, even if that is true, they appreciate the publicity. Look, one of the one of the tough things about being a media person and having to cover the school that you attended and love is that sometimes the news isn't very good. Uh, that you have to deliver bad news that might make your alma mater not look so good. How do you handle that, Jeff? That's tough. I mean, I guess the the obvious one maybe being the the Donnie Tyndall situation, things like that. Right. Never never easy to navigate those waters, but at the same time, everybody has a job to do, and uh, I think Southern Miss has always been uh, very good about that I guess with me and relationships that I have up there and uh, most of the time the news is overwhelmingly good or at least I, I try to try to make it that way and uh, you know when you got teams hosting super regional and things like that it makes it a lot easier to talk about the good and not the bad but but it seems it seems in today's social media climate that if you report anything that could be construed as negative even if it is true if it's construed as negative you're a traitor you know, uh, you don't really like Southern Miss. If you did, you wouldn't report that. And that's just not the way the game is played, is it? No, I mean, and I guess there's a difference between obviously being a, a fan and a, you know, a representation of the media. I mean, it's tough. I mean, even going in the press box, you can't cheer for the team you went to school for. you got to cover them on a, you know, quote-unquote unbiased basis. Obviously, you want to see them good or win because it's good for your product. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, if you post something somebody doesn't like, um, 
you know, if, if you stick with your sources and you know your stuff is good, then uh, just kind of is what it is, and you just gotta gotta roll with it. I think. <laughs> I think we've always heard that that there's ultimate power in the truth, and uh, and and lots of times when you point that out to people, look, is anything I said inaccurate? You know, if they say, well, no, I'll say, well, then, and, and I think then they tend to kind of calm down a little bit. Would you agree? I think so. I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever been drastically wrong before, so I'm thankful uh, for that. But, yeah, I mean, uh, for a while you're kind of off on a limb waiting to uh, make sure you got some validation and what you said is true. And, um, no, and, and I, to, be, to be fair, I don't think I've ever really had a truly awful negative experience when it comes to, you know, you know, my Southern Miss alma mater or my profession. I mean, uh, 99.9% of the time they've, they've all been kind of going in that same line, same direction. So, um, you know, it's all, it's all been good. Now you've been able to, to cover, of course, Southern Miss's transition from Conference USA to the Sun Belt. What are you expecting, Jeff Hager, now as the Eagles uh, uh, navigate the Sun Belt Conference? I, I'm excited personally. I mean, it just seems like there's a breath of fresh air for one uh, the ESPN stuff is going to be really, really good for Southern Miss and exposure. And, uh, you know, just listening to Will Hall's interview, I, I got a snippet of, I was not unfortunately there in New Orleans, but I did get a snippet of some personal interviews sent to us by our intern, actually Austin Lindsay, who's part of the Southern Miss student media. Um, and just listening to Will Hall kind of talk about the depth and that fans think of depth as players coming in and out on game day, having a breather but the depth really matters in practice and that right now for the first time since he's been there, obviously uh, very, you know, only in a second year, but, you know, having three full units of offensive and defensive linemen for his teams to go up together in practice and that competition level and just having a full, full units and full go. I mean, that that might show up on game day and that stuff, you know, the fans would never see. So I, I thought that was an interesting point, just seeing how many physical bodies they have having uh, 26 mid-year guys enrolled this year. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, winning the last two games with a running back as your quarterback, I think, you know, uh, getting some of these guys back healthy, I think things are going to be fun starting the football season. And then obviously I don't expect uh, any fall off there with the, the baseball program. And, uh, you know, I think it'll just be some of these, these rivalries too um, are going to be fun to see who truly develops as like that, that one rival, like, oh man, you know, Southern Miss fans. Uh, love and hate to go up against that one team. So that, that's what I'm most excited to look forward to. I want to talk about television news for a moment, even going back to the the 90s, uh, 1990s. <laughs> news directors. News I think di- I was born in that, that decade. Yeah, yeah, I was around in the 1890s. That's why I had to. That's why I had to differentiate. <laughs> news directors always seemed to want to slight sports and the sports segments, saying. You know, making blanket statements like nobody really cares about sports. It's it's not part of Americana like it used to be. Now, the argument now when you see that Major League Baseball ratings are down for the 10th consecutive year, uh, the only the only ratings that are up in sports are NASCAR, believe it or not. Um, Is it still tough for the sports guy to to get his time, so to speak? Has has the attitude towards sports changed any over the years? Well, I think it really depends on your specific station, maybe your region of the country, and honestly, who your news director is, who's calling the shots, because I've you know, heard from other stations, people that work at station X, Y, or Z, that they have done away with your 
highlight by highlight sports content that they're doing feature pieces and you know aside from maybe like the big market team like if you're in denver and you're covering the broncos or the rockies everything else you're doing you're not doing these you know high school football previews that we're doing they're not doing the friday night light stuff they're doing you know stories that'll tug at your heartstrings and feel good stories and, and things like that so uh, i think it really just depends i'm i'm lucky enough to be in a place where you know the value of uh, these local teams really, really matters to these communities. And so right now we're doing our 25 teams in 25 days. And, you know, my, my stories are probably four minutes uh, every time. And then I'll try to, you know, I threw in some Sunbelt stuff in there the other day and, you know, some Saints training camps. So, I mean, uh, thankfully I've been given as, as much time and my boss is 100% behind it. And actually 20 minutes before you called, I was in a meeting with my GM and we're talking about, you know, big plans for, you know, high school football and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, we're, we're behind sports here and I know some stations uh, probably go the opposite direction and where we zig, they zag. But, uh, you know, my personal experience, uh, South Mississippi, I think, is always going to have that kind of market, especially when it comes to football and baseball and stuff like that. Jeff Hager is the sports director WXXV on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Was the Donnie Tyndall uh, situation the toughest thing you had to cover, Jeff? Probably. Um, it feels like so long ago now, but it, it was uh, one of those situations where I was pretty tied into what was going on and um you know the thing just seemed to get messier and messier now that being said i mean personally i mean i know uh a lot of southern miss fans wouldn't like to hear this i mean i personally never had an issue with donnie Tinsley. he was always very gracious to me and you know gave me what i needed as far as content and you know never shunned me from an interview and things like that so um you know it's just one of those tricky situations where you try to walk that line and uh you know be respectful but truthful and you know you just kind of report what's going on and you know i don't think there's ever been any hard feelings but um yeah it's definitely definitely a hard time for southern miss and the fans and you know i guess you're, you're finally seeing us maybe uh hopefully turning that corner but uh you know hope uh you know i was um uh, jay jay ladner very well so i'm uh, excited to see what that team this season for sure. All right, so let's uh, let's have some fun here in about the last minute or so. Vegas says the Southern Miss football team has five and a half wins on the over under. Which way are you going, and why? I'm going to take the over because I think you look at the games they were competitive in. I mean, I think three wins. Maybe they could have had a couple more. I mean, it was the the second half that really got them. I mean, I I, I don't I don't know how many more I'm taking, but if you're giving me five and a half, I'll. I'll bet they're at least a 500 team or better. Um, I know that's probably a boring answer, but you know we'll uh, we'll rock with the Golden Eagles. Now it, it takes six to be bowl eligible, all right, and it's pretty pretty tough uh, sledding the first couple of weeks. Even though Liberty is a home game, then they have to go to one supposedly one of the most improved teams in the country. They go to the University of Miami, uh, then home against <laughs> yeah, and then home. Are you going to cover that one? You going to Miami, Hager? Uh, I'm. Uh, I, I have. I think it's booked. I'm trying to see what uh, what we can work out here. Work uh, <laughs> as of now, I will be there. I have a feeling Miami's got one of those locations like uh, New Orleans, Merg. You know where they where they play. Everybody's too going. <laughs> yeah. They may not go to the they game. They don't need tickets. They're going. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, Southern Miss is playing. You have tickets? No. Uh, but but I mean, I'm going. That, that, that's spirit, spirit round trip flight, 125 bucks. I had to pull the trigger. Oh man, that is nothing. Well, Jeff Hager at WXXV. You can see him. Monday through Friday. Well, actually, this time of year, you can probably see them seven days a week there on the coast. Jeff, always good to talk to you. Continued success. Absolutely. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you guys for having me. All right, Jeff Hager with us. When we come back, Merg's going to tell us where you can where you can unload. Where I can no. what? <laughs>
unload the, or download? What is it? Down or unload. The podcast. That might be a new segment. Podcast. Where can you unload? <laughs> the, the podcast. And we're going to talk about a blood drive uh, soon to be conducted at Southern Miss. That's in our final segment of the Eagle Hour. We'll be back after these commercial messages. Southern Miss to the top. The final segment of today's Friday's Eagle Hour brought to you by D1 and DBAT training facilities. Just right off of Interstate 59 on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. You know, we talk about softball and baseball and how there really isn't any offseason if you want if you want to get better. The pitching machines in there can be set to fast pitches, slow pitches, curveballs, whatever. It is meticulous. It is very clean. And listen to what I'm saying. It is air conditioned. The crowd goes wild. <laughs> it is air conditioned. D1 and D-Bat, they're a pro shop that they have in there too. Uh, kids, you know, batting gloves, batting helmets, anything that you might need is right there at D1 and D-Bat. We're big fans of D-Bat and they're big fans of the Eagle Hour. Earlier this week, interim president at Southern Miss Joe Paul, Dr. Joe Paul, was supposed to join us. But as will happen sometimes with these big time executives. Meetings get called that you weren't anticipating. And so we have tentatively rescheduled Dr. Joe Paul for next Thursday, August 4th. Um, and he's going to come and talk, hopefully, that that'll work out on Thursday the 4th and he can talk about uh, what's coming up at Southern Miss as the interim president of uh, the Golden Eagle Nation, Dr. Joe Paul, joining us next week. And we'll continue talking a little bit about Sunbelt and, of course, the Eagles report for football on August 4th. We're glad that you're with us on the radio, wherever you are across the state. But, Michael, if they're not listening to us live on, on the show, they can unload or what do you call it on the pod? They can unload. That works. They Download. Can. Okay, there you go. Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Tune in or just tell Alexa to play Super Talk Eagle Hour. Let's try it because okay. I got Alexa on my phone. Hold okay. On. Alexa, play Super Talk Eagle Hour. Whoops, lost it. Play Super Talk Eagle Hour. Maybe. That would be yesterday's show, right? It's worked before. <laughs> well, maybe the Biden administration is giving her $200 to not work. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. It does work. I've done it. Okay. All right. Well, we, we hope. Well, yeah, that's tr- embarrassing. Trust but us. But it does. You'll just have it to does. trust us. I know this is not a question, as will the Thrill Tony. The voice of our Laurel Station has joined us here for the final segment. I know that you guys, none of you are losing sleep over this. But a little history lesson in baseball as to where jersey numbers come from mm-hmm. in baseball. Now, you know that Babe Ruth was number three. Mm-hmm. Lou Gehrig was number four. Yes. Did you know that baseball jersey numbers were originally worn on the backs of the people in accordance to where they were in the batting order? I did not know that. Yeah. That, that's, I did not know that. I, that that's wild. It makes sense. Stuff. Yes. It, it, it does make sense. But. So Babe Ruth batted third. Lou Gehrig batted fourth. Huh. And that was the system. That, that And catchers, for whatever reason, would always bat ninth and wear right. the, the number nine. And that's the way it worked up until about the 1940s. And then... Some of the executives with baseball said, okay, we're going to do it this way to where the pitchers are going to wear zero through 10. Okay. The infielders are going to wear 
you know, 11 through 20. The outfielders are going to wear 20 through 30 or, or something to that effect. Right. It, would, it was all based on what position they played. Okay. Jim Bouton in his, uh, in his book, uh, Foul Ball, back in the uh, either late 60s or early 70s, was saying that when he went to pitch for the Astros, he wanted number 56. And they said, well, you can't because you're a pitcher and pitchers wear right. you know, these, these certain numbers. Mm-hmm. Well, now as the game has progressed, a lot of these single numbers – have been retired, you know, like Derek Jeter's number two with the Yankees, you know, Mm -hmm. as an example. So there aren't a lot of single numbers left to be used, and it's now kind of anything goes. But it used to be back in the old days that if you batted third, and if for some reason the batting order changed, well, let's say that I was batting third one day but got hurt and you were batting third the next day, guess who wore jersey number three? I took on three. Yeah. That's correct. And if you were different sizes, they looked a little awkward. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they would probably make allocations for that. <laughs> they Velcro and they the, pull it off? Yeah, if Velcro was around back then. I don't think it was. Uh, I think it was invented by the Germans prior to... Weren't the Germans? The Germans were involved in World War II, right? We right. talked about that yesterday. How did we get to that? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But it, but nonetheless, that's how baseball jerseys numbers started. It was a way of kind of keeping score. And now you see them with up to number ninety nine. Yeah, and, which is really kind of crazy. Thank goodness yeah. we don't bat ninety nine. Yeah, right? it would be a long ball game. You know, <laughs> it's, it's it? not long enough already. And again, you weren't losing any sleep over that. I know, but uh, but nonetheless, that's where that's how baseball numbers on jerseys originated. Uh, and sometimes you you didn't have the freedom necessarily to pick what number you wanted. You had to, and of course, spring training. There's also special allowances because your spring training rosters are a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have a lot more people, so it's not unusual to see a pitcher wearing number seventy-four exactly. or seventy-two or something like that. So, um, that and fifty cents. Well, now that and a dollar will get you a cup of coffee. Nope, uh, not even a dollar. I think it's average two twenty-five. It's now the average cup of coffee. Really? Yep. Well, so not 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 with the I, caffeine won't even get you a little high. The price is even on right. Well, the oh. good thing is I don't drink coffee, so I don't have to worry about that. Well, no, you're right. You're, <laughs> I do. You're right that's why I'm that. broke. But again, uh, next week on the program, Dr. Joe Paul, among uh, other guests, and we'll have our usual contributors, Heath uh, Hinton from Big Gold Nation, Patrick McGee from NOLA.com, as the Saints are now in training camp. It's getting to be that season, folks. The temperature may not show it, but football season right around the corner, and we're on top of Southern Miss football here on the Eagle Hour. That'll do it for this week. For Will the Thrill, Tony, and producer-engineer Michael Mergens, I'm Kelly Sander. Thanks for joining us. Have a good weekend, and until Monday at 1 o'clock, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. top. Sipping, sipping, sipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.